May 24, 2020, Jesus teaches about new birth. John chapter 3. Well, twice today we got a, a really, really uh, great treat. Uh, Teresa Edwards' uh, uh, brother-in-law, uh, a great, great man of God and, uh, and just a super friend, is, uh, is going to open uh, the lesson with prayer. So, David, if you would. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your many, many blessings, even in this time when the world's in a panic. You bless us in such tremendous ways. You bless us with your presence as you promised us your Holy Spirit, and that you would never leave us nor forsake us. You're always there with us. You're there to guide us, and we praise you for that. Father, we thank you for your word and how it is so true today, just as it was in the days that uh, your spirit inspired the authors to write it. Uh, Father, we thank you for the truths that it has for us and how it's able to change lives. We, we thank you most of all for the sweet message of salvation that runs from cover to cover. And Father, we ask that, uh, that right now, that Father, you just be with Joe in a special way. I pray your Holy Spirit would just guide him. I pray he would guide his thoughts, his minds, that you would speak to him through his word, that he may share uh, what you've laid on his heart. Uh, Father, you've promised us that your spirit would uh, teach us and would lead us, and I just pray for the spiritual ears of all who will be uh, uh, listening to the lesson today and, and, and studying it along with Joe, and I, I pray, Father, that uh, the Holy Spirit would you would just speak to each and every one, and Father, I just want to praise you for what you're going to do through this teaching, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, David. Talk to you, friend. Yes, sir. All right, today's lesson, uh, Kevin's going to read uh, our first set of verses. The title of the lesson is, is Jesus Teaches About New Birth. It's found in uh, John 3, and it is an amazing lesson. So, Kevin, if you'll get us started. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Thank you, Kevin. Um... Today's lesson, as we mentioned, as you heard Kevin read, it's a, a conversation uh, basically between Nicodemus and uh, Jesus. And it, it kind of helps the setting a little bit if we go back to uh, John 2, the 23rd chapter there, and you kind of get a feel of, of, of how this is all going to unfold. And John 3 says, uh, John uh, 3, 23 says, uh, 
now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in, in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now, this comes right after, uh, not very long after Jesus' uh, temptation in the wilderness. So the fact that he knew what was in man comes from the fact that he was part of the creation of man and that he went through that time where he went through every uh, temptation that will ever be given to man. And it's interesting that, that the Bible says, and when they saw the signs that he was doing, then they uh, believed. Uh, but Jesus is saying here that he knew what was in man. And so he didn't get real excited about the, that one particular fact and uh, because he knew what was in people. Now in verse 1 it says this, And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Okay, now Nicodemus was a part of the, of the Pharisees and Jesus, you remember when John baptized Jesus and the, the, the Bible said and there was Pharisees there. They came to see what was going on. Now, they, did, they believed basically in four things. The inspiration of the Old Testament. The Pharisees believed it literally to the, to the letter of the law. They believed in the coming of the Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for somebody to break the Roman oppression and lead them out. They believed in miracles. Uh, the Sadducees, they didn't accept any of this, but the Pharisees, they believed in miracles and they also believed in the resurrection. So he's mentioned, uh, Nicodemus is mentioned in three places in the Gospel of John. First is this night visit with Jesus. The second time Nicodemus is mentioned, he reminds his colleagues in, in the Sanhedrin that the law requires that a person be heard before being judged. Obviously, that was when Jesus appeared before him. And he, he told him, said, look, we can't judge this uh, man. He hasn't even had a chance to speak. And finally, Nicodemus appears after the cruci crucifixion of Jesus, and he was with uh, Joseph of Arimathea, and they were trying to get the spices into the tomb to... Uh, to prepare Jesus' body for burial, okay? Now, it also says he was a ruler of the Jews. Now, that obviously, again, meant that he was part of the Sanhedrin. And this man came to Jesus by night. Now, you can put a, a little period right there and stop and, and many sermons and many uh, theories about why he came at night. The most obvious one, some people say, well, he was afraid. He was afraid to approach Jesus in the day. And uh, another group says, well, he was afraid the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees would see him. Uh, a, a more important one might be this, that Nicodemus really wanted to sit down and talk with Jesus. Now, the crowd that was gathered uh, during uh, the Passover, that there was no room and no time to talk. 
They were pulled about from here to yonder and, and, and a, 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 a sentence here or a phrase here or an explanation there was about all he could get from uh, a large gathering meeting with Jesus. And really he wanted to sit down and talk to Jesus. And he said to him, Rabbi, we, and that we simply means the group he was from, Know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can, can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And you know what? He was exactly right. He's right. John 5.36 says this, But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So uh, Nicodemus got it right. He knew he was from God, or he believed he was from God. Titus 3.5 says he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So he, those things, there was no way that any of that could have happened unless it came from the Father. So Nicodemus actually did get that part right. And But think about it now. He came there to have his questions answered. When he started that conversation, Jesus' answer really, he Jesus just jumped into what he wanted to teach. And here's what, he, you remember what Kevin read that Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, it's the first time he said, look, you can't even see it. Unless you're born again, you're not even going to get to see the kingdom of heaven. And then he says the second time, unless you be born of water and the spirit, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now the word water brings about a couple of, of little discussion points. Uh, most people, and I have believed all my life, that that meant you must be born of a natural birth. Okay, that you must, and Jesus was born uh, of Mary. Uh, and so, it must be born of a natural birth. Uh, Jesus was born of a supernatural birth, but he was the only one. Man went through a natural birth. The next one is baptism, and the last one is the Word of God. And we're talking about what the water, the word water means in, in this uh, sentence. And it's, Mark 16, 16 says this, Whosoever believed and is baptized will be saved, but whosoever does not believe will be condemned. Acts 2, 28, 38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now John 4, 14 says this, And... Uh, David uh, and I, today, we talked about this. I, I called him to see what his 
thoughts would be on this. This is John 4.14. Whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him will, will uh, never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And uh, this was brought forth in a book uh, by J. Vernon McGee that said he really believed that when Jesus was talking about the water, he was talking about the Word of God. That we, we're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless we uh, have followed the Word of God. And really, uh, you, when you get down to it, the, those three, each, each one play a little part in it. Uh, whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved from Mark 16, 16 has been the traditional uh, addition to that just of a natural birth. Okay, that which is born to flesh is flesh and that which is born to the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Often we underestimate the weight and the consequences of our sin. No amount of sacrifice or religious effort on our part will heal our spiritual disease. No heart transplant will solve this problem. We need to be born again and, and into a completely new life. Now, uh, Kevin read that the wind blows where it wishes. And when you hear it sound, you do not know where it comes from. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus compares the uh, spiritual work of the Holy Spirit and to the wind. The wind and spirit in the uh, Greek mean exactly the same thing. No one would suggest because you can't see the wind that it does not exist. In the same way, we cannot understand that the spirit or see where the spirit comes from, nor can we control it. And, and that my, is, a, is a really uh, slippery slope right there. Neither can we control the spirit nor bend the spirit to our will. That, that would, that's a, a, almost a, a recipe for disaster. We, we are in no way in control. God is in control, and the Spirit, the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, uh, it's our job to follow. But we can see uh, the transforming effects of the Spirit all the same because we, those who are born again bear the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fullness, uh, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. Against all these there is no law. I was reading those one night and Ruby said, You don't have a whole lot of those. But uh, anyway, I work every day. To, uh, to try to get uh, to that point. We cannot remain unchanged after undergoing uh, so radical a, a, a thing as a renewing of our heart. Okay, now we're going to read the second set of verses. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? 
No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Thank you. Okay, here Nicodemus asked the most important question of all. How can these things be? And that at that point is why you can really see Nicodemus went there to learn. He went there to, to learn uh, from the, the master himself, from the son of God himself, from Jesus. He went to, to, to learn from him. And he, he, he just asked a simple question. How can these things be? The human mind sometimes just can't comprehend the things that we need to know unless, as, 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 uh, as David prayed in the prayer, that the Spirit lead us. That's, Jesus said, I, when I go, I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send somebody that will lead, guide, and direct you. Okay? Uh, Jesus' teaching of the new birth, which is necessary to be able to see and enter the kingdom of God, the new birth involves all three persons of the Trinity. And I, I thought the author of the lesson did such a great job with this. The three persons of the Trinity. It is a gift of God the Father through the works of the Holy Spirit, through faith in God, His, uh, the, the Son of God. The new birth is characterized by hunger for obedience, and it's motiv it motivates us to share the good news with others as we trust in the transformational power of the Spirit. The reconciling role of Christ on the cross makes possible the truth and the lasting transformation of our heart through the new birth. Jesus alone was able to explain the new birth. And his teaching is certainly trustworthy because of his divine authority. He has come down to us from heaven and possesses wisdom beyond our wildest imagination. As the eternal begotten Son of God, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. His authority is unshakable and worthy of our trust. Proverbs 30 uh, verse 4 says, who has ascended to the heavens and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has enabled all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? Surely you know. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witnesses to what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, Jesus said, I have told you earthly things. Those earthly things are creation. The Bible lays creation out. The flood, the flood of Noah was explained, the, 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 dispense, the uh, distribution of the people. All those earthly things have been explained and you don't believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? If I tell you about salvation, about ascension, about eternal life, uh, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that you're not in a position yet to understand those things. Jesus presented himself as the answer to Nicodemus' question by comparing 
his eventual work on the cross to the bronze snake uh, in the wilderness. In Numbers 21, when you can paraphrase it, 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 it'll sound like this. The people spoke against God and against Moses. And so God sent poisonous snakes in their midst. So Moses prayed for the people and God told Moses to make a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bites anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. In John 8, 28, so Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father had taught me. Jesus said, well, If I be lifted up. When, you, when Christ was lifted up on the cross, then uh, the plan of salvation was into effect. We must, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. We're going to read the third set. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. If you go back real quickly and look at 15 and 16, there's some similarities. So much, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in Him would have eternal life. Okay, I wish you could have been with me a couple of mornings this week. i tell you what I did, and it's one of the best things I, I, I've ever done. I typed... John 3.16 into the Bible. And then I typed Billy Graham. And I sat there and, and watched one of the nation's premier preachers. From the time he was, uh, he preached his first sermon. That first sermon was 18 minutes long. I heard him speak one time and he said, the first time I spoke, I had prepared three sermons so I would always be ready and I gave all three of them that first night. So that meant those sermons were actually about six minutes apiece. But in all of them, for the first to the last, he mentions references or uh, reads John 3.16. And he said this, and I think this is amazing. The entire Bible, in a nutshell, can be found in John 3.16. And another one said this, if you were in a fire and you knew it was going to burn down everything you had, you couldn't get anything out. You could get, if you could rip one page out of your Bible to take with you, if you would take John 3.16, you would have the entire meaning of the Bible in your hands. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, But God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died 
for us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, in order that the world might be saved through him. Uh, Jerry Vines was preaching at a uh, convention and he was preaching on John 3.16 and he talked about, he broke it down literally word for word. For God, that's the beginning of almost every important thing in the Bible. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, for God. Uh, it, it, God starts it all, so loved the world. I thought it was a great, ex, a great explanation given for, of loving the world. A mother has a child. She loves that child. She loves it with all her heart. Then, through the course of time, she has ten children. Think about it for just a minute. A mother loved one child with all her heart. And then she has nine more. The thing we want to think is that her love was divided. But it really wasn't. It was multiplied. Her love now was 10 times what it was when she had one child. I looked it up, the, the population of the world today, 7.8 billion. 7.8 billion people for God so loved 7.8 billion people. You know, um, to multiply that number out would be astounding. But the, the thing that's so important, it, it was because of God's love. Jesus taught that the new birth, not religious activity, is how a person enters the kingdom of God and receives eternal life. Because of God's love, we are no longer condemned because of our sins, but we have been given eternal life in Christ. Because we have been born again and have new life in Christ, we trust in God's power to continue to transform us as we witness to the others of Jesus' saving power. Whosoever believes in him is not condemned. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Titus 3.5 says he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. I will put my breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Colossians 2.31 I want their heart to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they have all the riches of completely understanding and they have the knowledge of God's mystery. Christ in him are hidden in Christ are hidden all the treasures and the wisdom and knowledge. In 1 John 4 8, it says, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. John, 1 John 4 16 says, And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Uh, uh, 
A new birth involves all three persons of the Trinity, as we said before. It is the gift of the Father through the work of the Holy Spirit, through, the, through our faith in the Son of God. The new birth is characterized by hunger for obedience. Jesus, who alone is able to explain the new birth, he had come down from heaven and possesses wisdom uh, as the eternally begotten Son of God, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. The answer to uh, Nicodemus is question, how can these things be? The answer is Jesus. Okay, now when we look at uh, uh, John 3.16, salvation is a gift to us by God the Father, obtained for us through the Son's death and resurrection, and initiated... Uh, in us by the Holy Spirit. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away, and the new has come." Galatians six fifteen for such uh, circumstances, for, for neither circumcision and uncircumcision means anything. What matters. Uh, instead is a new creation. Peter, first 2, uh, because we have been born again, not of perishable, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore we were buried with him by baptism unto death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the death uh, to the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. The Lord love the Lord's love for Israel. I have loved you, said the Lord. Yet you asked, How have you loved us? Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. As they are red like clemson, they will become like wool. Isaiah one eighteen. I want to end with this little story that I found that really makes a lot of sense. It says, a certain medieval monk announced during the week that he would be teaching on Sunday afternoon on the love of God. The people came, they filled the cathedral. As the shadows fell and light ceased to come in through the great windows, the congregation settled in, and in, in the darkness of the altar, the monk lit a candle and he carried it to the crucifix. And first of all, he raised up and he illuminated the crown of thorns. He held the candle over Christ's head and the crowd viewed the crown of thorns. Next, the two wounded hands. He brought it down his arms. He showed the nail scars in both his hands. Then the mark of the spear wound in his side and a hush fell over the crowd. He blew out the candle and left the audience. There was nothing else to say. The love of God is Jesus' life given for us. I don't remember a lesson that I have been touched more by during the week than this one. What a great lesson. For God so loved. It didn't say that 
for we have done such good things. It said, for God so loved that he gave. He did it on purpose. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I tell you, that, that's an amazing, amazing verse. And the whole Bible points to Jesus and Jesus' death on the cross that ensures that we're going to have eternal life in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you that the Holy Spirit in, inspired great men, God, to write this book and that every chapter and verse in this book points to your son. God, we thank you for that and we thank you for it from the bottom of our heart. God, we ask that uh, you bless the class. God, it seems so, so long since we've been together. Um, and, and there's an emptiness uh, that, that has grown in our heart because we hadn't been together in a long time. God, we don't understand what's going on right now, but God, it didn't surprise you a bit. You knew exactly what was happening. And God, I just pray this, that the, the ones in the class that, are, that, 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 that have a need, that, that we would meet each other's need, we would be mindful of checking on each other, we would be mindful, Heavenly Father, of just praying for each other and, and for lifting each other up to you. We've, God, forgive us when we fall short Forgive us when we get tied up in our own world, God, that we forget that you are the author of our salvation and we owe you so much. Forgive us, God. Uh, go with us during this week. God, please uh, bring this to a halt. Uh, I believe, God, it'll be brought to a halt at your timing. But, God, we pray that, that it will be speedy. Forgive us when we fail you. Thank you for the prayers that have been offered by, by this class for each member. Thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, for blessing us. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.